and glad to be with you today, New Hope Radio. <clears throat> Dave Therrien. And uh, got off to a bad stop, but I hope we have a good middle and a good ending, because we're talking about being led by the Spirit, little mini-series going on, because it's a very important aspect of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, it's probably the most important aspect of the Christian life. What does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? And when we talk about that, it really is the benefit for the Christian, because the Christian is the one that has the indwelling Spirit within them, and to not have the Spirit, well, that means that you can't be led, and therefore, you got to get born again. you got to recognize Jesus as your Savior. Say, yes, I need a Savior, and Christ is the one. He's God come in the flesh. I believe his sacrifice on the cross atoned for all of my sins. At that moment, you become indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're talking about can become a reality for you. You can be led by the Spirit. So what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It's more than just having the Holy Spirit inside the believer. It is actually giving the Holy Spirit the freedom to carry out his ministry to and through that individual. Remember that. The Spirit has a ministry to you, and he also has a ministry through you, okay? And it's a wonderful experience to be led by the Spirit and a worthy aspiration for every believer. I wonder if every believer aspires to that place in life. How many Christians do you think, how many people are saved by Christ, but they are content to do their own leading? And how many see the importance of dying to self, letting God, through His Spirit, lead and direct their lives? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think all believers fall into that category? I'm like, I don't think so. Probably, it might not even be the majority of believers. I don't know. I don't know. But this series of messages is to help us to understand what it means to be led by the Spirit. And not only to understand it, but here it comes, to let that reality take place. That's the key. We want action when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to continue with the issue of the heart. The Bible is not silent on the matter of the heart. As a matter of fact, it says, ooh, a wicked heart is worth little. Wow. Proverbs 10.20. A wicked heart is worth little. Absence of hope sickens the heart. Proverbs 13.12. Yeah, we need hope to have a healthy heart. Healthy heart, healthy life. The heart, I'm not talking about the vessel that pumps the blood through your body. We're talking about the place where knowledge resides. Okay? Wisdom in the heart of the one who wants to learn. Wisdom is in the heart of the one who wants to learn. Proverbs 14, 13. If you want to learn, you're a wise person. You're a wise person because you have, here it comes, the right desire. You have the right desire. People have a lot of desires in life, don't they? But you've got the right one when you want to learn. Even Jesus commented on the heart. He said, the things that proceed out of the mouth, they come from the heart. And those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, 
false witness, slander. And what's he saying is that all these things begin with a thought, the thought life, Matthew 15, 18. The thought life is found in the heart. That's where these things originate. And then if you let them, they work their way out into your life. The mouth speaks from that which fills the heart, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. So, as you can see, the issue of the heart is big. It's really big. So what I want to talk about today is how the heart and the Holy Spirit interact together. They do have a relationship. We'll also see that there is a war going on, and that war is in the heart of man. We all have it. We're all fighting it. And you know, some days we do okay, some days we don't do that good, do we? So we're going to pick it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul said that the things of God are far beyond the mind of man. He said, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not even entered the heart of man, all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So I'm like, this is incredible. We haven't seen it. We haven't heard it. Our imagination can't even capture it. What God has planned for those who love him. He said, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal the things of God to mortal man who is a believer in Christ. That's one of the many benefits of being a Christian. The Spirit can reveal to you the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. To be led by God, one must first know the plan of God. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we have an understanding of that plan from the Word. You know what the Bible says? The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And he will make them know his covenant. That's Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord. That secret wisdom. It's like those that know God, you're in a secret society. A secret society of wisdom. And those in relationship with God can know spiritual things that others cannot know. And they'll never know until they become spiritual. So, one can be led by the Spirit because the plan of God is now coming into view. See, as you grow in the Word of God, and you're led by the Spirit of God, the plan of God comes into view. Think of it like this, especially this time of year, right? You get up in the morning, the frost is on the pumpkin, it's also on your windshield. And if if you try to drive away with the frost on your windshield, you're not going to see too much. So you put the old defrosters on, turn up the heat, and the frost melts off the windshield. And what happens? You can see. You can see. You can now see where you're going. That's what happens with the plan of God. You can see where you're going. Think of coming to the top of a high, high hill or a mountain, and then seeing the valley beneath. You walk up through the clouds, and you look down. And you can see. So for the believer that's led by the Spirit, God's plan comes into view because you know His Word, and here it comes. The Holy Spirit is revealing it 
to you. That's why unbelievers don't understand the scriptures. And that's why you don't debate with unbelievers about the scriptures. The only thing you share with unbelievers is the gospel. That's it. That's it. Because God will get them, if they desire, to understand Christ died for the sins of the world. And that's it. And then when they go beyond that, now they have the spirit and they can understand godly things. But until then, the things of God are spiritually discerned. Paul said in verse 10, For to us God revealed them through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. What are the depths of God? The deep things of God. The things of God that are beyond surface knowledge. Okay? Have you noticed as you grow in the scriptures, you learn things you never knew before? You're getting into the deeper things of God. Okay? Like when you learn to swim, you start off in the shallow water. And then you get your confidence and your strength and you go out into deeper water. So a new Christian, they're kind of splashing around in the shallow water. And as you grow and mature, you go out into the deeper water, right? And that's the deep things of God. And Paul said in verse 11, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man who's in him? Right? What does that mean? Nobody knows you like you. <laughs> Nobody knows me like me. I don't know you as much as you know you, you, and you don't know me as much as I know me. But then he said, even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. So, only you know the things that pass through your mind. Nobody else does. And therefore, no one knows the things that pass through God's mind, but His Spirit knows. And His Spirit can reveal those things to us. Did you know there are three spirits in life? There's the Spirit of Man, there's the Spirit of God, who is the Holy Spirit, and then there's the Spirit of the world. Oh yeah, the Spirit of the world. Paul said in verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why did he say that? So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Okay, remember we said, no one knows the spirit, no one knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So when we have God's spirit, we're able to understand the thoughts of God because it's through his spirit that we know him. Now, what does it mean when Paul said, we have not received the spirit of the world? The word world is the word cosmos. K-O-S-M-O-S, and it means a system. It also means arrangement. It's where we get the word, ladies, cosmetics, right? You get up in the morning, you get out your toolbox with all your cosmetics, and you go to work, and you start arranging your face, right? You arrange the eyes, the eyebrows, the eyelashes, the cheeks, all that, right? You, you, you set up an arrangement. That's your cosmos, okay? Well, the world, the world system, has been arranged by Satan. Think of it. The whole world is in rebellion against God. It really is. The system of the world, because Satan's here, is in rebellion against God. Whatever you see on the news, 
whatever you see in TV shows. The world is animated by the spirit of the world, which is the spirit of Satan. We are in a spiritual warfare. You peel back all the leaves and you're going to find spiritual warfare at the heart of everything that's wrong with this world. And we see the evidence of this as we look around. The world seems to be growing increasingly evil, doesn't it? This rebellion, it looks right or normal in the minds of those without the Holy Spirit. That's because they have the spirit of the world. And how do they demonstrate the spirit of the world? Through their immorality, through their unethical behavior, through their business dealings, gambling, pornography, independence from God. Now, one's view on abortion will affect the way people vote. Imagine having abortion, the killing of babies, a means for voting or not voting for a person in political office. That's what it's gotten to. Abortion is modern-day child sacrifice on the altar of convenience. Let's tell it what it is. Abortion isn't just killing a baby, it actually kills a nation. It destroys the culture of a nation. It destroys the soul of a nation. And you watch where this nation is going to go. It's going to, it's in its demise. So you, the reader at this time, you could ask yourself, hmm, of which spirit am I? As I think about the spirit of the world, and I think about the spirit of man, and I think about the spirit of God, of which spirit do I live by? Am I being led by the spirit of the world? Or am I being lived by, led by the Holy Spirit of God? You have to ask ourselves that. Well, look at your life. Listen to your words. Look at your actions. Look at what you value. One thing is for sure, James said, friendship with the world is, oh man, what? what? Hostility toward God. Holy smokes. Friendship with the world, this big, beautiful world that we live in, is hostility toward God. And therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Of course, we're talking about the world system. We're not talking about nature and the beautiful creation, the animals and the birds and the flora, the beautiful flowers and the gardens. No, we're talking about the satanic system that's been set up in this world that is an anti-God system. And that's what this world is. It's an anti-God system. The world is filled with multiple religions. The world is filled with immorality. It's filled with corruption. It's filled with division. This is a satanic system. You know what the Bible says about the devil? That he is the prince of this world. And he works in the hearts of the sons of of disobedience. Who are they? Those who reject Christ as Savior. They are his subjects and they carry out his bidding. Isn't that something? Just like we that belong to God, We are God's subjects, and we carry out God's bidding, God's will, the best we can. And then you have all the people that are far from God, and they're willingly far from God. 
They're the subjects of Satan, and they do his bidding. And sadly, when these people start to run the world, look out. Because one day the ultimate Satan is going to run the world, the Antichrist. And watch what he does. Thankfully, as the church, we won't be here. But I believe we're on the verge. I believe, you know when a wave breaks on the beach and you get the little, little tiny trickle on the sand? That's where I think we are with the tribulation. We're like at the little tiny, tiny trickle. And pretty soon it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. So, friendship with the world, it's an easier life in the flesh, right? When one lives in friendship with God in a hostile world, life becomes more difficult. But eternity makes it worthwhile. Oh, yeah. We live at a higher level. We have a a, a higher ethical system. Supposedly, we should have a better work ethic. We should have a higher morality. We should have more honesty in our life. We should have a servant's heart, right? These are the things that accompany being a follower of Christ. But then you've got the other side, the followers of Satan, where it's egocentric, corrupt, immoral, trampling on the rights of others, destroying babies in the womb that God said before I formed you, I knew you. In the mind of God, he knew that baby before it was even conceived. So for someone to interfere after that conception, it's an attack on the baby. It's an attack on God. Oh, there'll be a penalty to pay. There'll be a penalty to pay. The road to hell is paved with abortionists. And I don't know why. I never planned on going down this road, but it seems like this is the road we're going down because the spirit of the world, it just bugs me. It just bothers me because so many innocent people are being hurt. They're being misled. Our young people are being misled. The 20-year-olds don't know what to think. They're being corrupted in in the schools and high schools and colleges. They don't know if they're male or female, they don't know who they are, they're so, I don't know what the word is anymore. But I tell you, whoever thought this country would turn into what it is, but again, it's a satanic system. Paul said, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things which are freely given to us by God. So God's wisdom in the heart is the greatest possession. That'll keep you straight. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof goes astray. Proverbs 10, 17. He who ignores reproof goes astray. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. See what the Bible says? (laughs) It's like, here, you want a good life? You want a straight life? Do this. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Proverbs 8.11. So what are we saying today? God's wisdom is far superior to the wisdom of man. 
Examine your own life. Can you remember any time where you believe you were led by God's Spirit? How did that work out? How about the times you were led by your own mind? How did that work out? I can answer that for me. When I, when I'm led by my own mind, well, it's not the best outcome. But when I'm led by the Spirit, things seem to work out a whole lot better. That's my own testimony. So the Spirit-led life, it really is a disciplined life. It takes consistent practice and a yielded life. Right? You yield your life to God. You give it over to Him. Notice that the things of God, the things that God wants you to know, they can never be found out by mere man. We'll never learn these things in Satan's system. Paul said, we've received the spirit of the world. No, 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 we haven't. We receive the spirit of God. Why? Because God wants us to know the things of God. He wants us to know him. Without the spirit, people never know God. They'll never know him. But with the spirit, oh, you can join the secret society of wisdom. So in closing, let's compare the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. That's 1 Corinthians 3.19. Here, foolishness means silliness, absurdity. So the, the wisdom of the word is absurd in front of God. God's wisdom is personified in Proverbs 1 and speaks to us and says, How long, O naive one, will you love being simple or simple-minded? Scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. That's why they're fools. Turn to my reproof, wisdom says. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called, and you refused, I stretched out my hand, and no one paid attention. See, wisdom invites people in to know her, and people are like, what? You hear something? No. <laughs> Wisdom says, you neglected all my counsel. You did not want my reproof. And now here's a sad commentary. Proverbs one twenty two. God says, I will also laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when your dread comes. You know, it's like God is saying, I told you so. I invited you. I called you. I did everything I could to bring you in, to make you smart. And you kept refusing. See, there's an intensity here. And to refuse God's wisdom and the leading of His Spirit is to put yourself at odds with God. No help will be given when it's needed. You know what that's called? Consequences. Oh, yeah. There's consequences to our foolishness. So in summary, what are we saying today? Let me say this. Your heart directs your life. From it, you speak and you act, which will determine your quality of life. Satan is the god of this world and controls his subjects according to his own purposes. And he's so good at it, he's got... His goal is to get people not to believe in him. 
Jesus wants people to believe in him. The devil wants people not to believe in him. Why? Because then he can have his way. He can lead them and they don't even know who they're following. They don't know that they're following someone that's leading them to the slaughter until they get there. And it's too late. Only divine wisdom can awaken someone to this folly. And God provides his wisdom. And it will lead us in the way of his spirit. The wisdom of the world will never do that. That's why God says it's foolishness. This wisdom rewards the person who walks with her. You want a rich life, a life of, and I don't mean materialistically, I mean a life of fullness. It comes from walking with wisdom. Which wisdom will you choose to live by? It's a choice everybody makes. And the choice will be made by everyone. It will be made. And to not choose is to reject the wisdom of God. So when I, 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 I think of one of the Indiana Jones movies. I forget which one it was. The second one, The Last Crusade. The one where they're looking for the chalice. And they finally get up into the cave. And there's a hundred chalices there. And the knight is standing there. And he's saying, there they are. You got to pick the chalice that Christ drank from. And then he said, choose wisely. Oh, that always stuck with me. When you choose, whatever you choose, choose wisely. You know, wise choices make for a better life. Foolish choices, and you know, you, you, you don't get to, you don't get do-overs. You know, when you choose something, it's done. You can't unchoose it. That's why I say, choose which wisdom you're going to live by wisely. Hey, if you want to be wise, join the Hope Club. It'll make you wise. You know why? Get the Word of God Monday through Friday. You got five minutes in the morning to listen to a devotional set to music. Get you tuned up for the day. It'll give you some wisdom. It certainly will. It's all the Word of God. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. Read all about it. Love to have you on board receiving our emails. You help us out with the support of our program as well. Okay? Let's work together. Let's let's try to bring God's wisdom to the world. All right? That's what we need to do. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time.